0: you ready to talk fantasy football then you're ready for the picking up the blitz fantasy football podcast here's your hosts mike randall and scott Burke. welcome back to the picking up the blitz podcast where we're ready to preview week six we actually have one game underway scott and of course what happened in that game death taxes and Ertz, my friend i know the touchdown for
1: the consensus number one fantasy tight end, at least on this show, in Zach Ertz. I don't care what Rob Gronkowski does, it's Zach Ertz for us. He's got another touchdown. He is the focal point of that Eagles
0: offense. Scott, why would you draft Rob Gronkowski in round one or round two when you can get a Zach Ertz in round five or round six? We've been saying it for months.
1: Yeah, we have. And I mean, since the latter part of last season, Zach Ertz is the number one scoring tight end, and you know a couple of reasons building that relationship with Wentz Gronkowski's hurt nothing new yeah but Ertz has just proved to be reliable in the red zone it's he looks his way every single time and he did again here on a key on a key play inside the
0: five and we got another fantasy touchdown from a man Zach Ertz and this is all amazing folks we, we actually have been able to start with Zach Ertz when in fact Andre Ellington will be joining the podcast today won't he Scott Oh, Andre Ellington will definitely be joining this podcast, you know, for
1: absolutely, for sure. It was bye-bye CJ2K, insert another old running back in the Arizona backfield, but still all about Andre Ellington.
0: Yes, I would like to congratulate you on that. Uh, We did actually make a bet there. It was a gentleman's bet. There was no wager on it. I said that Chris Johnson would have more fantasy points than Andre Ellington, given that Chris Johnson is no longer employed in the National Football League. Uh, And Andre Ellington, I believe, has had, I don't know, 90 yards receiving each of the last three weeks, something like that. I would say that's a win for you, my partner.
1: (laughs) I would say so. And, uh, you know, over the last three weeks, he's averaged 15 points a game with full point PPR. So... That was my argument from, from the get go once David Johnson went down. I know you want to tell me it was the running back thing, but it, it's the fantasy aspect and the fantasy value, and he just gave the most, and I'm riding with him. Listen, I don't think Adrian Peterson is going to be a big factor, this week he's got to acclimate with that playbook. So I think Ellington is still the play in that backfield this week, and you see how it plays out going forward. But for me, you know, he gives, if he's going to catch nine passes a game, I mean, I don't care if they're for 32 yards, you're getting 12 points alone because of these nine catches. So he's, and the Cardinals haven't exactly been, you know, Uh, uh, thrashing uh, their opponents they've been coming from behind which makes it even more uh, more of a better situation for Ellington when it comes to fantasy
0: yeah and that's the issue listen uh, we had argued about this I still stick to my guns he is not the main running back in Arizona He is not viewed as a guy who gets the ball rushing on first and second down. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't be the best running back fantasy option. That's a different story. But they are not going to give him goal line touches, which means he is going to be a satellite back, which means he's going to have catches passes out of the backfield, which means that he is going to have extreme volatility. But players like him, players like Alvin Kamara... Those type of players are going to be very valuable in fantasy. But I will stay, I will say, Scott, a running back that catches passes like him is eventually going to bonk for a few weeks. So I just think he's going to be volatile. Now, if he doesn't and he becomes the PPR hero, which is Danny Woodhead, that is a tremendous season. But I think Adrian Peterson has absolutely no effect on Andre Ellington's value. Zero zippo because Andre Ellington wasn't getting the goal line touches anyway.
1: No, I agreed. I mean, you know, and, and Peterson will get what Chris Johnson got, which was, what, 10 to 12 attempts, you know, running behind that very weak offensive line per game. But once that doesn't work and the average is 2.1 yards to carry, like Chris Johnson did, you know, then Ellington gets out there, Elijah Penny gets out there, you get these guys, these scat backs. But Ellington's out there in the most important times of the game. And that's just, you know, for me anyway, when I'm playing in a PPR league especially. And, again, I stress this is PPR. I'm not telling you Andre Ellington is a standard stud because if you take away the eight or nine catches and he gives you 40, 50 yards, you know, it's, you know that's not what I'm trying to work with you. I'm I'm giving you this from a PPR standpoint. He, he, when he's out there, when it matters the most, he's going to get those catches, those quick screens, just to get up the field and get them in position to score. And I think that, you know, in the long run becomes valuable. And eventually he's going to score a touchdown. He's done this three weeks now, averaging 15 points without even scoring a touchdown. He's going to
0: get one eventually too. And just, again, please note, I do give you credit when you win. I gave you credit. You picked Matt Stafford. I gave you credit on that. I gave you credit when the Panthers were, were doing poorly. You're right about that. And I'm giving you credit here. Chris Johnson has officially lost. I, I don't think I can claim a win when he's not in the NFL. Let's hit the first quarter. Let's do it. <laughs> Scott, first quarter, I thought we'd do something different here. Last last week, I had scores to settle, okay? and And I, and I still want to go there, but I want to go in a different direction. Folks, there is nothing more useless than projected points. I don't care if you play in Yahoo. I don't care if you play in ESPN, CBS. I couldn't care less than anything. They're idiots. Don't follow the projections. Don't look at the projections. Don't get skewed by them. It's a kid in a basement sitting there staring at a screen. They are useless. Don't come at me, metric people. I don't want to hear about it. Scott, I'm going to give you a reason. In our Yahoo League, okay, in which case you and I are both doing very well, I am going against the great Swaggerlicious this week, okay? I want to point this out. Scott, I am favored, and this is a .5, half-point PPR league. I am supposed to lose by 45 points, Scott. 45 points I'm supposed to lose. Because of the projections. I have a better record than Swaggerlicious. I have much, I have a lot more points than Swaggerlicious, but they're sitting there saying I'm going to lose by 45 points. Scott, I am very excited that I'm going to win this battle and I love my lineup. So what have you found? I think these projected points are useless. Totally useless.
1: Yeah, I mean the projections are really. I mean, listen, they're there to give you some sort of feel, I guess. If you're, you know, if you're a novice player or if you don't really do the the research yourself and go with, you know, your own projections, your own feelings on matchups and whatnot. So they're there to give you know people something a, a basis to go off of. But I, I I feel with these projections, they don't incorporate enough factors such as you know a game flow, matchup, a game script matchup. It basically goes off what they've done over the course of their career. These players and it's just, well, you know what, it's they've done this, you know, they did this in two thousand thirteen, so it consists, they'll do it again now this week against this team. There's really no real way you can come up with a legitimate projection. Like, you know, I watch the NFL network on a Sunday morning and they have these these fantasy experts coming on and saying, Well, I think Jack Doyle's gonna get three catches for thirty six yards and a touchdown. Oh, How are you projecting exactly Jack Doyle's exactly. getting three catches for thirty six yards and a touchdown? Listen, you look at your lineup, you say Jack Doyle's going up against I don't know, the Tennessee Titans, and just hypothetically they rank eighteenth against opposing tight ends. And Jack Doyle for three weeks has done nothing. Maybe you sit there and say, you know what? Law of averages say he's got a decent matchup, he's got a shot here if he's at home, on the road, wherever it might be. Eventually he's gotta produce something. So maybe you roll with him there. But you can't just say, well, because some pretty girl on the NFL network, or you know, an expert guy in the NFL network said three for thirty-six and a touchdown, well, he's guaranteed nine point. Six fantasy points in PPR. So let me roll them out there.
0: It's just it's it's impossible to actually project these things. Totally agree. And and the second thing I want to go after now is these trades. I am getting some uh, trades sent to me, Scott, on Twitter that are absolutely mind numbing. Okay, and I just want to read a couple to you. People have lost their mind. Do you understand, guys? That if you trade, if you trade, somebody offers you Aaron Rodgers, okay, and you give them in return Matt Stafford. Right there. That is a trade while Rodgers is better than Stafford. There's going to be many weeks, like if Aaron Rodgers is on the road, I don't know, Scott in Minnesota this week, where Matt Stafford could actually outscore him. So there's no reason to say, I really want Rodgers. I want to give up Stafford, Ingram, and Doug Baldwin. That is asinine. It's totally asinine. Listen to some of these trades I'm getting. They're driving me nuts. I have the option to trade Jordy Nelson for any 3 of these players. Scott, why would you even why would you offer 3 players for Jordy Nelson? Is Jordy Nelson catching 10 passes a game? Is he Antonio Brown right now? Am no, I missing there, something?
1: There, 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 listen, Jordy Nelson is a fantastic fantasy player. He has been for years. He's not Antonio Brown purely because of the volume. There's just too many mouths to feed in Green Bay where Rodgers throwing the ball around, but no. Is he worth three players? I don't even know who the players are yet, but right I'm going to guarantee. You oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guarantee before you even say it. I'll say one is a low, and one maybe high-end wide receiver. Two mixed in with another yes, wide receiver yes, or running yes. back. Two yeah, with, a, with a with a quote-unquote throw-in. You know, flat, uh, borderline two or three players. Is that where Is that where I'm at here? The amazing. That's what we're
0: looking at. My, my partner is now the amazing crest and he has no idea what this trade is, folks. Here we go. Zero. Okay, Jordy for any three players: Christian McCaffrey, Michael Crabtree, Doug Baldwin. Mark Ingram and Terrell Pryor. Now, Scott, here's my question. You, let's look at Ingram. There's no Adrian Peterson now in New Orleans. Okay, so Ingram's going to get the goal line touches. So Mark Ingram, correct me if I'm wrong, because we did a trade with this a couple of years ago, by the way. When he's healthy and on the field in New England, he's a lock RB one, a lock yeah. RB one, even with Darren Sproles there.
1: You and I have been big Ingram supporters. We we want we, we, now with the Peterson. Now we hope that he's the beneficiary of the Peterson trade because he's the best back
0: best pure running back on that team so they're sitting there saying scott that oh well that's nuts like ingram for nelson i could argue scott and ingram for nelson straight up no mike randall how is that possible well because aaron Rodgers spreads the ball around and because you know jory nelson will probably get a touchdown most weeks but he doesn't seem to be getting a ton of yards so even if Jordy nelson gets six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown which is a very solid week wouldn't you say scott Mark yeah. Ingram can do the same amount of production, and you can also get Crabtree, who obviously is the red zone target of of, of, of uh, Derek Carr and Doug Baldwin, if you want. And oh, by the way, in case you're not interested, Christian McCaffrey is also there. This is insane. Who would do this deal? This sounds like it's a trade coming in one of those you know 18
1: Yahoo leagues that got like you know 15 bench spots. You know, it, we're you know, it's like eight teams, Everybody's stacked, and eh, let's just you know move four guys for two guys, because sorry, because we're we're loaded on the bench anyway. Can't take those seriously. I mean, you see them all the time on Facebook and Twitter, and just, It just it drives you nuts when you know, uh, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, you know Sterling Shepard for. Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams. You know, you just see these random things that just make you you scratch your head. You're like, what What am I looking at?
0: Uh, let me give you one more. Ready? Now, listen. I understand DeAndre Hopkins is the new thing. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins actually has a quarterback now. Although I think we need to also settle down about Deshaun Watson throwing three touchdowns in the last two minutes of a blowout game. But we can get into that a little bit later. I worked for me last week. <laughs> uh, yes, but I don't think you want to rely on that. And I don't think after 58 minutes you were thrilled with that outcome. So let's I wasn't. You, let's settle down. We know Deshaun Watson's the second coming of, of Fran Tarkenton. Okay? But – DeAndre Hopkins getting a lot of targets. DeAndre Hopkins seems to have his best quarterback situation in quite some time. I understand that, Scott. If you wanted DeAndre Hopkins, would you give up Stefan Diggs and Duke Johnson? Stefan, uh, no. Now, no, K- Case Keenum's the quarterback. I understand that. But Stefan Diggs is – is well, he's not anymore. But he probably coming into this week, I believe, was the number one wide receiver. He's certainly still in the top five. Keenum has been okay. If they get Bridgewater back or Bradford ever gets healthy, he's going to be great. And oh, by the way, you're getting probably one of the best satellite backs, no offense, Andre Ellington, in the NFL and Duke Johnson mm-hmm. on a yeah, team Duke- that, that's going to certainly, Scott, be losing most of the year. What you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson's value, I think, has increased every week. He's really picking up that role really nicely. And not to cut this off, but as we uh, sit here and watch this Thursday night game, breaking news, the sky is blue and Zach Ertz has just scored again. Wow. Wow. 17-10 Eagles there. But getting back to the trades, they drive me nuts. I mean, you you can't – Duke Johnson, especially now, Duke Johnson's becoming an integral part of that Browns offense. Yes, it's the Browns. Yes, they're winless. But they still are scoring some points. They're taking some shots. They're taking a flyer. And he's involved in this offense. And then Stephon Diggs – you know, up until he hurt his ankle last week, you know he's questionable for this week. He's been you know top what one, two fantasy wide receiver in the league. So he, he's he's a guy that you know you can't make that two for one deal. It just doesn't make any sense when you look at it. And I like Hopkins. I own Hopkins in a couple of leagues. I drafted him when Tom Savage was a quarterback, and his his targets were there. And now his targets are even higher with Watson. But you can't give up those two for 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 DeAndre Hopkins. And let me throw one trade at you that came across that people are. Somebody's actually asking, "What do you think? Does this make sense?" Someone's gonna trade Carlos Hyde for Demarco Murray and Alshon Jeffrey. Oh my why? Oh my why? God. Why? First of all, why even post that? Okay, because you're gonna get ridiculed, and then when people ridicule you, get you get nuts about it. But who in their right mind is making that trade? Carlos Hyde is, you know, at least in your opinion, maybe eventually in mine, on his last legs in San Francisco with right. Matt Beretta behind him.
0: Who's making that trade? Scott, I, I, people, it goes back to the knee jerk reaction. You know, I understand that, listen, we would love fantasy football to be like always, you know, we predicted and it happens, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, and you will get into this in our games. Guys, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be fine. I don't care. I don't care if he threw eight interceptions. I don't care. He's going to be fine. People regress to the mean. Carlos Hyde is injured. DeMarco Murray. Now, he may not, Scott, be a top five running back this year, but guys, DeMarco Murray's going to be fine. He's going to have a very solid season, and they're going to have a string of games where he's going to do well. And you're throwing an Alshon Jeffrey on a lark as a throw-in. I mean, that's crazy. Who would do that deal?
1: No, I mean, I don't even know who would even contemplate it. You and, know, I mean, if, if I'm the guy who was offered th- was offered to give up high for those two, I, I don't even blink. I accept it in a heartbeat. You get, give me Murray and Jeffrey. You want to do that? That's fine with me. But I mean. If you're the guy who's actually considering doing it, there's something wrong with you there.
0: And the last one, Scott, for Twitter Trades. This was sent to me. I will tell you it was sent to me at 6.15 Eastern Standard Time. The reason I'm telling you that is because it was after the Ezekiel Elliott news broke to make this trade even worse. Hey, Mike, I just got offered DeAndre Hopkins and Devante Freeman for Ezekiel Elliott. What's your thoughts? Do you know what I said back to this person, Scott? (laughs) If you didn't already accept that trade, I'm blocking you.
1: <laughs> oh it's just it, I, I don't get it. I, you know, I, I don't understand. Even 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 if he's not suspended,
0: you know, <laughs> exactly. It, I mean, Scott, it's, it's crazy. Devontae Freeman could outscore Ezekiel Elliott. That's nuts. And by the way, here's a wide receiver one. <laughs> I listen, I I was
1: in a league. I'm in a, I'm in a Yahoo league, one of the leagues you're not in with me. And I a couple weeks ago was attempting to get Le'Veon Bell. I'm trying to get him, make some deals. I put out DeAndre Hopkins and I put out a rb2 um a Rob, Rob Kelly is what I did and you probably wouldn't even do that yourself anyway I would but, but I think
0: I, that, about it if Rob Kelly was healthy I'll tell you right now
1: okay and that, that's and that's that's what I offered and the counter came back Le'Veon Bell for DeAndre
0: Hopkins Rob Kelly oh and Jordan Howard like, yeah, that's, really uh, gotcha. <laughs> I mean uh, really right. I, come I, on listen we're gonna get worked up again I don't want to do that Let, let's hit the second quarter MC home games
1: All right, my quarter two underway, and like we do every episode, we're going to knock out these NFC home games first here in quarter two as we preview week six. And the first one we're going to go with is the Green Bay Packers traveling to Minnesota to face the Case Keenum-led Minnesota Vikings. Sam Bradford got hurt again on Monday night. Expect Case Keenum to be back at the helm. So here we look at this division matchup, and it's a big game for the Vikings. I know Case Keenum's there, but if they're looking to stay afloat and stay in this division race for as long as Keenum's got to hold them there until Bradford's fully healthy – this is a game you want to win at home. I mean, the Packers. Packers are playing well. Rodgers is, is is clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, I'm going to skip Aaron Rodgers because you know, regardless, you're playing him. But let's go to the Green Bay Packers running back situation. So, where it is? Ty Montgomery is ready to go. Aaron Jones had a nice week last week in fantasy. Do you think Ty Montgomery? Montgomery gets an automatic, you know, 90% workload like he's been doing? Or is it possible that you could still play Aaron Jones? And if maybe you own them both, would you play them both together this week?
0: Yeah, I put it out on Twitter, Scott. I I believe you should team backfield start them here. Now, you got to zig when other people zag. So most people are going to say here, Scott, what? Oh, the Vikings have a great defense. They're playing home. You can't do that. Yeah, I understand that, guys. They're probably not going to have 150 yards rushing. And they're not going to have 125 yards and a touchdown rushing like Aaron Jones did against Dallas. But I'll tell you this, Scott. They both catch a lot of passes. And here's the thing. One of these guys will be an RB1. You can take it to the bank because they catch so many passes in this office. One of them will be an RB1. I don't know who it's going to be. I'd rather not take a guess. So unless you have a really good other running back and your people are not buys, maybe you don't, I'd start them both. Yeah, I mean I could, you could easily see both of
1: them getting 10, 10, 11 carries and you know Montgomery maybe gets a couple more catches than Jones does. But it's not saying that Jones can't break off one of those 30, 40-yard runs. It'd be fantasy relevant. So like you said, one could be you know RB1 and the other's probably going to be an RB2. Um, let's go to wide receivers. Stefan Diggs is a little banged up, so I'm going to stay away from him. Who has a better week? Is it Adam
0: Thielen or Randall Cobb? Ooh, that's a nice one. I'm going to go Randall Cobb because I think Xavier Rhodes will go on Jordy Nelson. If he's not, he's foolish. If I like Diggs, Scott. I think Diggs is going to be fine. I mean, he did play in the game, and he's so important at home, and Green Bay is lethal against these top wide receivers. Did you see what A.J. Green did to them? So I think Diggs is going to be fine. Thielen's okay in PPR, but I would start Cobb in both formats over Adam Thielen. All
1: right. Then when you look at the tight ends, you got Martellus Bennett, Kyle Rudolph for the two key tight ends in this matchup, Are either one worth a play, and if so, who has a better game?
0: Rudolph will have a better game. He's home, low-end tight, low uh, tight end one and quickly are the running
1: backs back on the viking side do you believe that jerick mckinnon is going to be the guy to get the bulk of the work like he did against
0: the bears Oh no, heck yeah i picked him up now here's the thing who would i start him over jones or montgomery gosh i have no idea which one i'd start that's a tough one but i picked him up i'm into it listen until i'm proven otherwise until latavius <laughs> murray gets those goal line touches i'm proven otherwise i think he's, i think he's worth a flight you had him you have to start him after that game you <laughs> have to he's home <laughs>
1: Now, let me tell you. Luckily for me, in two of my leagues, I had him before that game last week. I picked him up instead of Murray, so I had him on the bench. So hopefully that works out for me going down the road.
0: Perfect. Second game here, Scott. The Dolphins. My my again, we buried him. Jay Cutler is is done. Undertaker theme twice. Going to Atlanta, fresh off a of bye, the Atlanta Falcons. So Scott, let's start with the visitors. You gonna start Jay Cutler? I'm kidding. Okay. Now Jay Ajayi. What are you gonna? <laughs> what do you expect out of Jay? You're certainly gonna start him. What do you expect out of Jay Ajayi? Yeah, I mean, I'm going
1: to expect that he's going to put up some better numbers than he, he has in the past few weeks. My only concern with Jay Ajayi here is that I'm so down on uh, Jay Cutler's ability to keep the Dolphins in this game close. I mean, the Falcons are coming off bye, They're home. I have a feeling the Dolphins might be out of this game early. And if that's the case, it's going to minimize JHI's rushing ability. Now, whether he's out there and getting some catching and some balls out of the backfield, which is not you know, his normal routine, normal forte or what he normally does, I'd expect a better game. But I would put him as an RB2 this week, not an RB1. You
0: know, an interesting team's coming off the bye, Scott, always are sluggish. They don't come off exploding. So I think that's interesting. Falcons are sixth most generous to opposing running backs. Devontae Parker banged up. Is he worth the risk?
1: No, not in my eyes. I would, I would, I would roll Jarvis Landry over Devontae Parker.
0: All right, turn over to the Falcons now. Matt Ryan, obviously. Do you team backfield start Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman?
1: Yeah, I feel like we ask this question every week. I, I'd still lean to Devontae Freeman uh, as the number one guy, and you know, it really, really depends on your other options. If you're a Tevin Coleman owner and you don't have Freeman, but you have to play Tevin Coleman needs to play. But if you got them both, I, I think I would just lean Freeman by himself.
0: Uh. Dolphins are actually ninth best against opposing fantasy running backs. Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu. Do you think they're playing, and are they going to be effective?
1: I think Julio Jones is definitely playing. I think it's you know maybe like a seventy-five percent shot Sanu new plays. I think Julio will be effective. Sanu, you know if you have better options, I would avoid Sanu.
0: Is a better option Taylor Gabriel at home. If Sanu's banged
1: up and he's not, if he, and he doesn't play, Taylor Gabriel is a better option for sure because then you know he, he's going to slide into that. That uh, two, that slot roll, get the looks the new would get and, you know, get chances down the field. So, yeah, I would say uh, Gabriel would be an option.
0: Last one, Scott, will you come save me? Is this the Austin Hooper revival if Muhammad Sanu doesn't play?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: I, uh, I'm not
1: going to go out of the limb and say Austin Hooper is <laughs> giving you five for 60 and a score. So I'm going to lean uh, to the latter on that and say no. Next up, NFC, the Detroit Lions with a questionable let's say matthew stafford you know because that's what that's what we're being told we're not we don't know probable no more it's questionable going into new orleans to face the saints we start with the quarterback saints also coming off the bye if stafford's healthy is he a full go
0: in your opinion or you would be concerned about the injury that he's working uh, with? it's full go scott unless you have a really really good option he's an absolute qb1 especially at new orleans uh, they're going to be sluggish coming off the bye i know he's injured but if you don't have unless you have a top top guy you start him
1: Amir Abdullah, Mark Ingram, who has the better game? Oh, Mark Ingram's going to feast.
0: And I know the Lions have actually been pretty sneaky here, but I think Ingram's going to feast. I, I, he's going to be solid. And Amir Abdullah is not getting the goal line touches. And until that happens, you cannot put him over a goal line back like Mark Ingram.
1: Is there any way that you could tell Detroit uh, fantasy owners that they could start Eric Ebron this
0: week? No. Eric Ebron is done. Uh, I, I put it this way I'd start Daniel Fells. If I was really stuck, I would start Daniel Fells. Scott, would you start Daniel Fells or Austin Hooper? It's a great question. The fact that it's a great uh, question answers the question. Okay, the, that and you, know, could,
1: could, could you know why? Because I was on the waiver wire today contemplating Daniel Fells for one of my teams. I uh, looked at him. I, know, I didn't make the move, but I would probably start Daniel Fells over Austin Hooper this week, I'll be honest with you. You know, uh, that's probably where I would go. Um, wide receiver side, Golden Tate, does he have a big game here against the uh, secondary of the Saints?
0: I think he's solid. I I don't see him having another bad performance like that. So I would certainly play him. If you wanted to play Marvin Jones too, Scott, he's had some really tough cornerback matchups to start the season and Kenny Galladay still banged up. So I have no problem with either one of those guys. I would make Jones a wide receiver three. I'd make a Tate a wide receiver two, but I think they're both startable. Marvin Jones or Ted Ginn Jr.? Oh, at it. you know what? You just took my thunder, man. Ah, Ted Ginn Jr. is going to have a big game here. I'm thinking of picking up Ted Ginn Jr. in a couple leagues. I, I just sense it. You know, I sensed the Aguilar game last week. The Ted Ginn Jr. game is coming because he's not he's not going he's not going to get um, the, the he's not going to get Darius Slay. That's going to go on to to uh, Michael Thomas. And so I'm I'm a big Ted Ginn guy this week. And Sneed's on the field, and I don't think Snead's going to be great. I would not start him. So I think he draws attention, so Ginn gets free.
1: And if 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 you follow all the waivers and you follow all these leagues that we're in. You know the hot take. The hot take on this Adrian Peterson trade has been that not Ingram like we like, but Alvin Kamara. What do you look? What do you see? Alvin Kamara does this week against the Lions.
0: I'll sum it up like this: Scott. I think it's a great comparison. Satellite backs are very feast or famine, unless you're. Danny Woodhead. But the only reason Danny Woodhead, Scott, that year was not feast or famine is because he got the goal line touches from your favorite, Melvin Gordon. If he didn't get the goal line touches, he would not have finished as the ninth overall uh, PPR fantasy back. Here's the thing. Do I like Alvin Kamara? Absolutely. Would I start him over Isaiah Crowell? Absolutely not. That's my point. There's my breaking point for you. Uh, interesting game here too, man. San Francisco goes to Washington. The Redskins should have beat the Chiefs. Played very well in that game. Oh, Josh Norman, if that means anything to you. Uh, and um, we're gonna title this Scott the Pierre Garçon revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are just you, you in that revenge game angle. You love it. Listen, Pierre Garçon's
1: playing playing well enough to where he can get himself six or seventy in a score. So I mean, if, if that constitutes a revenge game for you. Then by all means, that's very Pierre Garcon is very capable of doing that for the uh, Niners this week.
0: Different way of asking the question here in DFS. Would you feel better starting Josh McNown or Brian Hoyer?
1: Great question because I I've, I I've already put together one or two lineups, and so far I've used Josh McCown because I feel they're going to be chasing points. I know the Jets have been playing well, but I think the Patriots are going to you know show them why they're the class of that that division so I, I feel like mccown's gonna be target that's a great you can go either one of these routes i think hoyer had a real big game last week and i just don't know if i have confidence in him going back to back with 302 scores or something like that so if you ask me between the two of them i'm gonna go mccown
0: hey scott uh, you said last year in the last week in the million dollars in draft king hoyer was the quarterback wasn't he he, he was uh, he, he was but i just don't know if i can expect him to do it two weeks in a row cousin on, on the road Cousins, you're starting. Frustrated about this, Scott, because I did a trade in, in the Yahoo League to get Rob Kelly. Really for this week, it looks like Rob Kelly is not going to play. Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, that's a tough one. That's a tough
1: one to break down. I, I would tell you if you got better options, stay away. I, I, I would think that Chris Thompson is going to be kind of like the Ellington role, and P. Ryan really hasn't impressed me. I was high on pre, P. Ryan in the preseason. I mean, I wrote a piece about him, spotlighting him, thinking he would be able to take this job over at some point. But he just hasn't really impressed me with his with his running style and the effort. So I mean, if you got to
0: take one of those backs, if Kelly doesn't play, I'm going to lean Thompson. Uh, Terrell Pryor, Jamison Crowder, wake up in this game. Vernon Davis, what do you got? I think Terrell
1: Pryor is is, is on his way. I know he had a touchdown in that the Kansas City game. He didn't have a lot of yards, but I I, I think Pryor is going to get there. I'm not so confident in Jamison Crowder at this point. I mean, it's you know he's been in this system already for you know a year last year and now this year, and he's just. Not on the same page with, with Kirk Cousins, and eventually one of these guys has to get on the same page. And I just, I feel the athletic ability and the the, the smart Terrell Pryor is what would put him ahead of Jamison Crowder. And listen, Jordan Reed doesn't play. But Vernon Davis can get five catches. You know, the yardage will be you know the key factor there for him.
0: One of my favorite tight ends, Scott, who I think is going to be a solid breakout after this game. He sort of broke out last week. George Kittle, am I nuts?
1: No, I don't think you're nuts. I mean, listen, you know, outside of Pierre Garcon. He's probably become the most consistent, you know, target for Hoyer and the Niners offense. I mean, you know, Goodwin is feast or famine. You don't really have a lot of confidence in in Taylor yet because he just hasn't seen enough. So, you know, outside of Garcon and the running backs, there's really nobody else really to target except for Kittle. and He's been consistent. Look, I mean, it's two, three catches, but he's been involved. He's been targeted. So, now you're not nuts for, you know, rolling Greg Kittle, which I'm sure you are in a couple of leagues this week.
0: and. Last week in overtime, Kyle Shanahan said he went with Matt Breida because he was the hot hand. I, you know me, I've been on the Breida bandwagon. I saw that you picked them up in a couple leagues. I'd like to take credit for that, even if I can't. Is Matt Breida going to take this job from Carlos Hyde this week, or is it going to swing back to Hyde?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's gonna. I think he's going to take this job eventually. You know, as, as you break this down and you look at it, but it, it, I think you may be still looking at a, a 50-50 split initially, and then. I think it will be whoever gets going. I mean, I think if Hyde is out there going seven carries, you know, for 64 yards or something like that, I think they will roll with Hyde and Bredo get involved. So I, I, I believe Shanahan when he says that it's going to be the hot hand. And I think after that, as we move forward, we'll get a better feel for who's going to be the lead back. Last NFC game, we only got five of them this week in the NFC home game brackets, I and mean, we've got a lot to talk about in the AFC. Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston, the Bucks, they travel to Arizona to face Carson Palmer and the, the Cardinals. Arizona coming off that that thrashing at the hands of the eagles last week in philadelphia that you know west coast to east coast thing did not work out too well for them winston and the bucks they come off that loss to the patriots that defense is giving up passing yards like it's no nobody's business so let me just start with the quarterbacks Jameis winston or carson palmer who has a better game
0: Carson Palmer is going to have a better game because he's home, Scott. And I had I traded Jameis Winston this week, and I was trying to unload him. Here was my reasoning: he, Jameis Winston, Scott, did not look good in that Patriot game, and it had nothing to do with the Patriot defense. He had terrible throws to the sideline that weren't accurate. He overthrew a uh, running back out of the backfield, Doug Martin, a couple times. He is not an accurate quarterback, and they are now going against teams that are trying to lock down Mike Evans. Patrick Peterson's had a lot of success this year. So I think this is a difficult spot for Winston. Remember when they were undefeated or something? I think it was a couple of years ago. Maybe it was last year. And they went out to Arizona in week three and got absolutely shellacked. And I think Mm -hmm. he was horrific. I don't think he plays well there. I don't like quarterbacks, you know this about me, that are not accurate, because I think accuracy is important. I'm down on Jameis Winston. I got Andy Dalton. Obviously, he's not going to play this week. I'll take Andy Dalton over Jameis Winston. Rest of schedule, because I think the Bengals have an easy easy schedule. So I am down on Jameis Winston. I like Carson Palmer at home. I think he has a good game against Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I had Winston last year in that game in DFS. He drew four picks. It was a terrible, terrible job by me. Let me give you a pairing here. I'm going to skip the top wide receivers. So let's take Evans and Fitzgerald out. I'm going to give you Doug Martin and Deshaun Jackson versus Andre Ellington and Jerron Brown. Who scores more points? What combo?
0: Boy, that is a fascinating one. Andre Ellington is the best of that grouping. Okay, because I think they're going to stuff Doug Martin a little bit, even though Doug Martin looked good. But here's my concern with Ellington. I don't know in a positive game script situation or a close game, which is what this could be. I don't know if Andre Ellington's getting any catches. And he's not getting the goal line work. So if they're if they're down big like they were against the Eagles, I think Andre Ellington's going to feast. But I don't know if he's going to feast in this game, but I still think he's the best option. Doug Martin is going to be a close second as well. And then you talk about the wide receivers. I have no interest in any Cardinal wide receivers, including Larry Fitzgerald. I think it's impossible to predict. There's games when Fitzgerald gets 15 targets, and next week he gets three targets. I'm done with it. So... jaron brown great job man are you definitely going to get more targets than jj nelson are you definitely going to get more targets than john brown are you definitely going to get targets more targets than larry fitzgerald i think consistency that's how you win in fantasy i have no interest so i will actually take deshaun jackson who you know i am not a huge fan of because i honestly i'm done with the guessing game so if you made me pick a pairing i guess i take martin and jackson but that's a really tough question because i kind of don't like any of them
1: yeah no i get it and uh yeah, you know, in in this game, I, if if the Cardinals are chasing, and I think if the card if the game is tight, is you're going to see Ellington. But if the Cardinals are ahead, you're going to, I think this is where you'll see Adrian Peterson get more acclimated and get his touches to get used to the offense. So two or three game scripts, I think, puts Ellington in line. You know, if they're up big, you know that's where he's going to get hurt there. So
0: yeah, I, I here's the thing. I think Peterson's going to get like eighteen carries in this game, Scott. But I don't think the Cardinals can run the ball. I don't think it matters if Billy Sims is back there. There's a name from the past for you.
1: Yeah, no, they, that offensive line's bad. And, yeah, I don't. it doesn't matter who's running back there. Emmett Smith can run through those holes because that, that offensive line is very, very bad for the Cardinals.
0: AFC, third quarter. <laughs> Scott, uh, we're going to kick off one of the games that, again, I, I am a, a new neophyte to DFS. But I'm telling you, I think you need substantial part of DFS in this game. This over-under, Scott, I think has risen three and a half points over the last couple days. Cleveland going to Houston. My question is this, who would you start at quarterback over Deshaun Watson this week? In regular fantasy, not DFS, can can you name me... (laughs) three or four quarterbacks that you like better than Deshaun Watson? Seriously.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you gave me two or three minutes to search and I can give you a couple,
0: but not many. Hold on, on, Scott. You know what I'll do? I'll sum it up right now. You got your undefeated team, right? Okay. Ready? I do. Would you start Aaron Rodgers at Minnesota? Would you start Deshaun Watson? You didn't even yeah. say anything. That answers my question. I think you've summed no. it up. <laughs> no. and you know you're right. And and listen, I I am I'm
1: starting Sean Watson in two ga- two leagues this week as well because I was able to get him last week, and he, you know all those garbage time points are fantastic. But I think you just have to the the you have to put a like you know a little hold on the optimism. I mean, he's not going to put up 45 fantasy points again. I just don't see that happening. But you know, everybody can't. You just know, remember, we saw this with RG3. We saw this with him about three, four years ago. Same type of running, but it's a quarterback go out and, you know, light up the world year one. And then we all know where he is now. He's not, you know, he's not in the league. But, I mean, everybody's looking at this as it's the Browns. They're at home. The Texans just got embarrassed at home. This should be 45 to 10. And Watson is throwing and running all over the place. I think the game's going to be a lot closer than people think. Because I think the Browns are going to score. Listen, the, the Texans just lost the heart and soul of the defense and Whitney Merciless. So they, they're down two key guys on the defense. And the Browns do have some skill players to make things happen. So I don't think you're going to get 45 points out of Watson. But he's going to be in the you know in the, the top tier of fantasy quarterbacks, no question. And he's going to be a very, very chalky DFS play. Just remember that, folks. And GPP is definitely chalky. Rolling in cash games, you got to use them. But just remember, those big tournaments, those group tournaments, it's going to be very chalky because his price is still right for what he's putting up.
0: Last week in DFS, Scott, a lot of people forgot that the Indianapolis Colts are actually very tough against the run, and that's why starting Carlos Hyde was a mistake. I'm going to say one more thing to you here. Ready for these numbers? 43 yards, 78 yards, 57 yards, and 25 yards. Those numbers represent four of the five games the total rushing yards that the Cleveland Browns have allowed. The Cleveland Browns Scott have a very good running defense that no one is talking about here, besides the at Baltimore game when they lost and gave up 130 yards. The game just got away from them. But outside of that, they've been very stingy. What does that mean for Lamar Miller?
1: Yeah, I think that means Lamar Miller, you temper your temper your enthusiasm with Miller. I think you'll get you know 60 yards 65 yards 70 yards on Lamar Miller but the key will be if he scores that's the key if he doesn't score then it's a way he's got to get a touchdown to be relevant in this game and I do think the Texans will put up points I just can't guarantee you Lamar Miller is going to get you know one of those
0: touchdowns looking over at Cleveland Isaiah Crowell I don't think he's going anywhere Scott but give me the breakdown for Duke Johnson Isaiah Crowell where do they finish RB2s I mean, I think
1: Duke Johnson is definitely an RB two, especially in PPR. I mean, Crowell, I think will, can be right there as well as an RB two. If I had to pick one of the two to play this week, I'm going to lean towards Duke Johnson. You know me; I like the, I like the versatility and that he's been a, become a huge factor in the passing game. And you know, Kevin Hogan, who's getting the start. You know, he's not a household name. He's young, just like Kaiser, but he's shown the ability to throw the ball. You know, when he's played a couple of games, this year, he's put up yardage. He's been able to score a couple of touchdowns. So I, I like Duke Johnson a little better than Crowell this week.
0: Browns give up the second most fantasy points, only behind the Giants to opposing tight ends. Ryan Griffin, revival?
1: I mean, this would be his chance for sure. Um, You know, got some guys on bias this week, and if you have to roll out Ryan Griffin, I think you can roll him out there with, you know, expectations of maybe four
0: catches, and maybe he gets one of those touchdowns inside the 20. Good. Do it for me, Scott. I know you're going to do it. Finish my sentence. Say it. David Njoku is a tight end He's tight end one Woo, there it is. and
1: and <laughs> a little preview. He's, he's a DFS play. Uh, that's what he's, you just my made my DFS, by night. He's my DFS tight end. He's my number one DFS tight end for this week. I need uh, I need it for the value.
0: I need a beverage.
1: Woo. Next up, AFC, the Chicago Bears. After that tough loss to the Vikings on Monday night, they travel to Baltimore and face Joe Flacco on the Ravens. They got a win in Oakland, but that was against AJ e. Manuel, so we don't take much out of that win for the Ravens. That offense has still been struggling. You don't know who the running backs are, so let's you know let's start with the quarterbacks. I don't think you're playing Mitchell Trubisky on the road. Are you playing Joe Flacco at home against the Bears?
0: I feel like he's just outside of QB one, which means he's not startable, right? Unless you're in two quarterback leagues. I think this is a slop fest, a black and blue game. I mean, I know Mike Wallace, feast or famine. I have no interest in Joe Flacco.
1: So, so last week Terrence West started as the running back for the Ravens. Then he got banged up. Then it was Javorius Allen. Alex Collins got touches. Can you make some sense of these three running backs if you're picking one of these three this week against the Bears? Derek McKinnon just ran wild against them in Chicago. Which one of these running backs makes sense as a fantasy play?
0: It's going to be Javorius Allen. The reason is Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. The reason is John Harbaugh is not dealing with the fumbling. He's worried about Alex Collins fumbling. So Javorius Allen, I think, is the hot hand. I understand they don't like to give him the ball at the goal line. I mean they still were trying to give it to Terrence West, but now he's hurt. I would go with Javorius Allen in either formats until I see Alex Collins Alex Collins getting consistent carries. Would you agree that if you're a Tariq Cohen owner and you're you you, you haven't had much the
1: past couple weeks, that this would be the spot that you hope he comes back because you would expect them to maybe the Bears be trailing in this game. And with the rookie quarterback having to catch a lot of pass at the backfield, if you don't see a good stat line out of Tariq Cohen this week, should you be worried with him going forward?
0: It's, this is the problem I was talking about earlier with satellite backs. I think they're very, very volatile and I don't like it. Scott, I am not taking Tariq Cohen on the road. I'm not, I, I understand what you're saying. And yes, in theory, if they were to get down, then Tariq Cohen should do very well. But I am not starting Tariq Cohen in any format.
1: But you know, my, my point is, there are there are players out there that are still starting him as if he is a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, and they're doing it week in and week out. And he's done nothing now for the better part of three weeks. This, to me, is just that spot where he has a satellite back. This is where you have to produce, and if you don't, then, I mean, does he, I mean, his value is almost non-existent, right?
0: Um, well, I, 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 get what you're saying. And I could see your, the, I don't agree with it, but I think it's a reasonable feeling that this could be his spot. I, I, I think that narrative is definitely in play in the range of outcomes, but I, I think that they, they don't have many playmakers in offense. I think Tariq Cohen at some point is going to continue to pop and to break runs and to do some fun things. So I, I treat him as a, as a low end satellite back and i think that if he doesn't pop this week i think he does have a chance to pop in the future but if i can't predict with any sort of certainty when it's going to happen i have no interest what are the odds jordan howard gets 22 carries in this game yeah i like jordan howard Yeah, again i, I like jordan howard i i, I the argument no, before, I, I people more, people tweet me now and they think I, I don't hate jordan howard i, I no, think jordan yeah, howard is a solid option
1: it's more of it's more of a game script question than you know you know just do you like him or not you know i i I, I think this is. I said this a couple of weeks ago when Deshaun the, the Kaiser and the Browns went into Baltimore. Rookie quarterback on the road against the Raven defense. They usually do very well against rookies, and we're kind of in that same situation. So, to me. I could see the game getting out of hand. I, I don't think the Ravens are by any stretch a world-beater team, but I think it's just a tough spot for a rookie quarterback to go into. So if they're behind, I just wonder how much that takes away from Howard's ability um, to produce and get those type of catches. Uh, touches.
0: Scott, I'm, I get your point, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to be behind. I think there's going to be a slobber knocker. I think that the Bears have a very good offensive line. I think their defense gets up for big defensive struggles here. I think they're going to play well. I think it's going to be reminiscent of that Pittsburgh game a couple weeks ago. Now, it's Le'Veon Bell. I understand that. But Jordan Howard certainly is not much, much worse than Le'Veon Bell. He's in the ballpark. He's not nearly as good, but he's certainly reasonable. He's an RB1. And, Scott, the running backs for the Steelers had 40 rushes for 171 yards and two touchdowns. So, here's my point. Why can't Jordan Howard go 20 for 85 and a touchdown? I think he can. If he does, he's an RB1.
1: I hope he does because I need to get closer against Gordon. Am I crazy to tell you right now that I think in this game – the top fantasy wide receiver play is
0: Kendall Wright? No, because I think Kendall Wright is better with Trubisky. I think Trubisky is a better arm because Glennon has no velocity. If you look on playerprofile.com, zero velocity, nothing. And I think Trubisky gets out of the pocket a little bit. I know he turned the ball over, but he's going to take some shots. And if somebody's going to catch the ball, it's got to be Kendall Wright. Well, I'm saying on both sides. I think he outproduces the Raven wide receivers. Uh, also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Macklin. Macklin, I'm done with him. He looks like he's washed. I mean, he's up and down. And and Wallace did well last week because he caught a big bomb. I mean, so I don't like the Feast of Famine plays. I'm with you. I I would feel most confident in Kendall. I think he's a very solid six for 73. How's that? Can can Ben Watson be a low end tight end one this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have him on Fantasy Pros. I'm outside of my top twelve because I just can't, I can't rely on him, Scott. I, he's, he's so up and down. Remember that Jacksonville game? I mean, I caught it one catch at the end of the game. I can't. Mean, I can't. Yeah. I can't, nah, I can't live, live like that. I can't live like that with Ben Watson. The Patriots, Scott, go to the Jets. Now the Patriots have had ten days off after their win at Tampa Bay to prepare for this Jets team. The Jets team is three and two. They're doing very well. Their defense is playing well, and they are home. But here come Tom Brady and the Patriots start with the patriot running backs break it down scott gilly white what he got well gilly's got to
1: eat soon cuz gilly's going hungry i think we're looking at 3 weeks now <laughs> without without <laughs> without getting a touchdown i mean the, the jet defense you know they were criticized you know a lot last year criticized early on i mean after that oakland game that was a really tough spot for them to be in when they got you know they gave up 35 40 points whatever it was but since then they've played well i mean they you know the, the browns the jaguars the dolphins i mean i know i know we're not saying these are fantastic quarterbacks but the defense has played well the running backs you know it's been consistent now for a couple weeks james white has been on that field a lot you know he's getting carries and he's getting catches you know gillissey is going to get his you know 12 to 15 catch uh rushes and I do think this is the week he's going to get a touchdown and get back on the board because I think they'll find their way in, inside the five- or six-yard line and they'll give it to him once or twice to get in. And I think I have confidence he'll get it in. But, you know, the running back situation, again, it's in New England. It's like what it's been for the past years. It's It's – one of those crowded backfields now. James White is a part of this offense, so he's going to you know get some touches and take away from Gillisley's production. But I do think Gillisley get, finally gets back in the end zone this week.
0: And you got to decide. The Jets at home this year, Scott, they face Jay Ajayi, 14 rushes, 21 yards to the Dolphins. Then they face Leonard Fournette, 35 rushes, 137 yards. So you just got to figure out which one you think and play accordingly. The best Patriot wide receiver this week in fantasy will be? Danny Amendola. a boy. I like Dan Amendola yep. this
1: week. I like Dan Amendola. I I think it's Amendola. I think it's Hogan. Then I think it's Cooks. Um, You know, I just – Cooks, I just don't – I know the consistency's not there for me for Cooks. And I think Amendola has a sneaky game. I think Amendola gets you like eight for 90 and finds the end zone. So it's one of those games I think where Amendola this week pops up as your top Patriot wide receiver.
0: Gronkowski going to play? And if he does, where does he finish as a tight end? What what number? That's I, I think he's going to play, but I, I think he's going to finish sixth. More or less points for Austin Safarian Jenkins?
1: Than Gronkowski? Yes. I think Safarian Jenkins has more points this week. And I actually like him. He's my other tight end play with David Njoku this week. So I like uh, Safarian Jenkins to have more points than Gronkowski. I think Gronkowski is out there, but I don't think he's a full go. You know, I think it's one of those, you know, pitch count kind of deals.
0: Jermaine Curse, wide receiver two or three? Yeah, wide receiver three. Elijah McGuire finishes where?
1: Elijah McGuire finishes in the top 14. Fair enough. Rams going to Jacksonville. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley versus Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette. Jared Goff is pretty good on the road, actually, this year, uh, and fantasy-wise. So is Jared Goff, You know after what the Jaguars did to Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers on the road, are you confident in starting Jared Goff this week if you had to?
0: Scott, what NFL team is the most stingy? To opposing fantasy wide receivers in the NFL.
1: That's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Next question.
1: Sounds good to me. (laughs) Todd Gurley versus Leonard Fournette, who finishes more fantasy
0: points? That's a really good question. Hmm. I think Jacksonville at home is going to be very, very stingy. The Rams have also been tough. In that case, I'm going to take the home running back. I'll take Leonard Fournette. I think Gurley will be okay. He'll be involved in the passing game as well. I would temper expectations. I don't think Jacksonville can do a Seattle Seahawk-like shutdown of him. And here's a really good point, Scott. Let's say he reaches that ball out, Gurley, and it scores. Totally different game. Totally different. I mean, you, you give him a touchdown, six points, and take the fumble away, it's an eight-point swing, right? Yeah. So I think Gurley is pretty much match proof. but I'll go with Fournette at home.
1: Can you do you see any potential letdown here for the Jaguars after that big win in Pittsburgh? Now they come home, they face an out of conference opponent. Can you see a potential letdown by the Jaguars by the Jaguar defense? You know, look, Blake Bortles didn't do much last week. You know, they got sixteen, they got fourteen points off turnovers, and Bortles only threw for ninety five yards. So, there, could you see Jacksonville coming down to earth a little bit after that high of a win they had last week in Pittsburgh?
0: Meeting start five minutes early. Next question. Ah, uh, Tom Coughlin, <laughs> <etched,
1: etched in stone, my friend, is Tom Coughlin, who is the number one Rams wide receiver this week. Yes, I know the uh, Jaguars are fantastic against receivers. We did see that last week, even though Antonio Brown got his. Who finishes number one for the Rams at wide receiver?
0: Want well, to say squeaky wheel game for Sammy Watkins, and at some point they got to get him going. But I just think if Jalen Ramsey can be as tough as he was, and listen, Antonio Brown had to work for those points in Pittsburgh. I don't see Sammy Watkins coming into Jacksonville and lighting them up, so I'll go with Cooper Cup, who, by the way, dropped a touchdown pass that probably would have had the Rams win the game. Yeah, I mean, full extension, need to drop it. That was. It was tough. Uh, it was a tough catch, but it still, was no, yeah. tough, but
1: you know, guy, he's got to make that catch, and they do win that game. So a lot of what ifs in that game last week.
0: One of my favorite games this week, Scott, because it's it's. I like to be a contrarian, you know that, and this is a big contrarian game. The undefeated Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers, who everyone is leaving for dead. Not so fast, my friend. Ben Roethlisberger, how's he going to do? I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be fine, just like just like you said. I I could see Ben Roethlisberger giving you 260,
1: two touchdowns, and you know, minimize. He will not throw five interceptions this week, folks. I guarantee you that, and. A lot of a lot of what you have to understand with Roethlisberger is a lot of comments he says. Sometimes I play mind games with people. It's also, you know, there, there tends to be a little bit of a, a prima donna-esque feel with Roethlisberger sometimes. At least that's the consensus you hear around the league. People think that's the way he acts with the injuries and stuff. So I think a lot of those comments you heard last week were that way. So I think Ben Roethlisberger will be just fine this week.
0: Uh, interesting one here, Scott, uh, with the Chiefs. So at home... They gave up 333 yards passing and two touchdowns to Carson Wentz. They also gave up 220 yards and what should have been a third touchdown, by the way, to Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins. So I think Ben Roethlisberger can do himself very, very well. Le'Veon Bell, you're starting. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Antonio Brown, you're starting. Scott, talk to me about Juju Smith-Schuster versus Martavis Bryant.
1: We're looking for this breakout game for Martavis Bryant. I know you're on the the three-catch thing. It's got to come at some point. And I think this is a spot that could happen. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. He's going to be involved. He's going to line up in the slot and catch a couple of shovel passes. Maybe he'll be able to get a deep shot down the field like Brian does as well. But I think you could, you could see a game here where Brian can get you five catches and he can get you 70, 80 yards because that deep ball is coming. All right? It is coming. It's going to be here soon. And it could be this week. He's I, I I know your numbers. Your your numbers guy telling me what the three catches and it stats are what they are, but Ben has missed him four times wide open for bombs and I know they don't count because they're not he didn't catch him. He's going to get him one time and I think it's going to happen this week. I can easily see it happening this week against Kansas
0: City. Kareem Hunt overall, where does he finish? Obviously he's an RB one. Where does he finish, Kareem Hunt?
1: I think he finishes behind Le'Veon Bell. So. That's where I would put him. I, I put both of them in the in the top five for sure. I would uh, give me Kareem Hunt as a number four this week. Travis Kelsey looks like he's going to play. Where do you rank him? Yeah, Steelers have done a pretty decent job, you know, against tight ends from what I understand and what I remember watching this year. So I mean, Kelsey's going to get his as long as he's a full full go. He'll get his six seven catches, so he's 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 definitely a tight end one, no question about it. You know, I, he had he played well against him in the playoff game last year, with the exception of the couple drops. So he'll get his six seven catches. He's a tight end one.
0: Yeah, Steelers ninth toughest against fantasy tight ends and Tyreek Hill, Scott, because the Steelers are also the toughest against opposing fantasy wide receivers. They are top. Yeah, I don't I don't like Tyreek Hill. It, it, the Steelers usually handle these.
1: You know, uh, I guess you want to call scat wide receivers. You know, let's get scat back, we'll put Tyreek Hill as one of those, you know, scat wide receivers. Seals are pretty good against those jet sweep types, those bubble screens. They play well. The corners are much improved. Joe Hayden's playing well. Joe Hayden's playing like he did a couple of years ago. Artie Burns has grown into a nice, a nice cornerback. And the safeties, Mike Mitchell hits everybody hard. And Sean Davis has grown into a nice player. So that, that secondary is good. I think, I don't think Tyreek Hill is much of a factor this week. Chargers-Oakland. Chargers get their first win against the Giants last week, albeit the Giants lost every single wide receiver they had. They were all in walking boots and crutches, and two of them are out for the year. They go to Oakland, and Derek Carr looks to be back. You snaked him off the waiver wire because I dropped him to keep Wayne Gallman. That's a foolish job by me. So you're going to get Derek Carr at home in probably, I would say, a very enticing matchup against the Chargers. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Carr against Chargers, Rivers against the Raiders. I know you like Rivers regardless when he's on home or the road. Who has the better game this week?
0: Really close. If Carr was completely healthy, I would go with Carr. I'm going to take Rivers. I think they're both solid plays, both QB1s, but I'll take Rivers a little bit ahead of, of Carr because he lives for these moments. Running backs, I, I, you know I'm not a fan of Marshawn Lynch. Does he, have a, does he
1: have a bounce back game? Does Marshawn Lynch get involved or does he need to worry about Jalen Rashard behind him again?
0: I'm going to refer to Marshawn Lynch as an RB2, Scott, in perpetuity. So I am not going to start Marshawn Lynch with any confidence as an RB1. I'm going to make him an RB2. Every time you ask me this question for the remainder of this season on this podcast, the answer will be he's an RB2. Well, then
1: I may not ask it again. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Melvin Gordon what do you expect from Melvin Gordon do you expect a 31 point performance like we got last week or does it come down a little bit
0: you know I think it comes down a little bit at Oakland but basically Scott this is a a player that I liked and 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 Raiders are middle of the road against fantasy running backs it's all based on volume it's all based on volume Melvin Gordon I don't think he has a lot of you go this way I go that way moves but he's the only game in town Brandon Oliver didn't play last week they're going to keep ramming him the ball so I think based on opportunity yeah he's an RB1 but I think he's a little bit less uh, at Oakland who finishes higher and do they both finish top 10, Hunter Henry or Jared Cook? I'm going to go Hunter Henry because I just don't think they're, they're focusing on Gates anymore. I'm not a Jared Cook guy. I, I just don't – I understand the opportunities there. I don't think his talent matches it. So I'll take Hunter Henry even though he's, he's still not getting a ton of work because I, I just think he has more of the quarterback side than Jared Cook does. And I know you're out there trading for Amari Cooper. Is this the week he wakes up? That deal, Scott, re- it was proposed to me. It, it really – took me a lot of, of of pain to hit accept. Guys, I traded DeMarco Murray straight up for Amari Cooper. Scott, I believe in Amari Cooper. He's had a 1,000 yards each of the last two years. I think the drops are going to go away. I needed a wide receiver. I picked up Rob Kelly, who's not playing this week. It's very frustrating. That was the purpose of the deal. I am going with Amari Cooper. I just think they got to get him going, Scott. And you know me, I love the fact on um, play you JGI is getting the ball on miami it doesn't matter if he stinks he's getting the ball antonio brown is great and he's getting the ball every game they have to get amari cooper going they have to they don't have any other option so they're going to keep uh, i'm going to keep going on amari cooper because they can't avoid it they have to get him going and there is no option so i will take amari cooper i think they're both uh, at least wide receiver twos or higher
1: so I probably know your answer to this. I rejected this in one league. I, I own Amari Cooper, and I was offered Jonathan Stewart straight up for Amari Cooper. And I said no. Would oh, you have said the same?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Jonathan Stewart stinks. That's why I got Good. rid of him. He stinks.
1: Yeah. Sounds, that works <laughs> for me. Uh,
0: sorry. And Giants going to Denver. Scott, this is going to be a bloodbath. Denver coming off their bye, even if they're sluggish. I can't conceive how the Giants are going to score. I'm not asking about Eli Manning. I really just have two questions here, Scott, because I don't think you're starting Roger Lewis against the no-fly zone. I like Roger Lewis maybe moving forward, but not in this game. Break down Shane Vereen and Evan Ingram for me. That's what I'm going to ask you.
1: Well, in one of our CBS leagues, I believe the Neon Gods are starting Roger Lewis this week, so let's see how that works out. Uh,
0: Oh, disaster.
1: (laughs) But as far as Vereen and Ingram, listen, they become options to me 1 and 1A now for Eli Manning, and – I think we hinted at this last week, and I think this is going to happen. I think Ingram is going to line, line up as a wide receiver more often than not, and they'll send Red Allison out there to block in the tight end position. So I think Evan Ingram's value for the rest of the season does increase significantly. I, I own him in one league. I was actually offered a trade earlier today, uh, Rob Gronkowski, for Brandon Cook straight up, and I said no on the premise that A, Gronkowski gets hurt all the time, and B, I have Evan Ingram in this team, and I think long term for the rest of the year, he, he's got some value. Vareen also has value now because Vereen is going to line up in the slot. I I think he's got no choice but to line up as a wide receiver most of the time. So these are the two guys that benefit the most. This week I'm going to go with Ingram. I think Ingram will have a little better line than Vareen, but I think they're both playable. Both of them are playable over Roger Lewis, that's for sure.
0: You know, the Broncos actually with all their no flies on stuff have been the toughest against opposing fantasy running backs this year, Scott. So much I like Wayne Gallman, and Orleans, Darkwell, I'm not going to talk to you about him because I just don't think you're going to start him. Sliding over to the Broncos. Where do you think Trevor Simeon finishes? I'm starting him against Mr. Swaggerlicious, by the way. Where do you think Trevor Simeon finishes? I think he can be pretty decent in this spot. Yeah, Mr. Swagalich is a three-time champion of this fantasy league that we're in.
1: It's a this is this is a good spot to start Simeon in, because there's a lot of dissension in this giant team. You know, Dominique Rogers Cromartie is indefinitely suspended because I uh, obviously got into a fight with Coach Bet McAdoo. So he's not there in the secondary. He was actually going to be inactive anyway, and I think that's the, where this 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 suspension comes from. Uh, I could see Trevor Simeon going. Two twenty and two touchdowns, and I think that's enough. I think you'd be happy with that. I could I do I could see a lot of CJ Anderson and Jamal Charles in this game though, but I think two twenty two scores is very doable for Simeon. And I think you starting him in a streaming week, I don't I think you'd be happy with two twenty scores two scores.
0: You know, tell me if I made a right move. The reason I trade away Winston, would you start Winston or Trevor Simeon this week?
1: who you know me personally I know he's had a bad game there. I probably would have went Winston you know it's my love it might be biased but I probably would have went Winston there but it's close enough to I think you know you, you traded in there for the long term and you made the deal for Dalton and I think you really wanted a healthy Rob Kelly back in that deal I yes, think that I was a big thing yes, for, I think I that did. was the big driving force of your deal. yep so I I would have started with Winston. But I think you're okay with Simeon.
0: The fact that you thought about it makes me feel better. Go to uh, Denver wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Who do you like better?
1: I like Emmanuel Sanders better, but I don't like huge stat lines for one. Like I said, if I'm putting Simeon at 220, and that's where I'm putting him, I think both of them will come up with 70 yards. Maybe Sanders gets 80, Thomas 70. You know, Benny Fowler gets his occasional catch once in a while, A.J. Darby, Virgil Green. So these guys are going to take some yards away, so – I'm taking Sanders uh, over Thomas. I would put Sanders closest to a wide receiver one than Demarius Thomas. And talk to about C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I like C.J. Anderson. Look, Jamal Charles is a little banged up. I think C.J. Anderson has a workman-like game. I think he gets 20 to 25 carries, and I think he you know, flirts with 100 yards and gets a score. So I like C.J. Anderson this week. I, he's an RB1 for me.
0: And, Scott, the Giants are horrific against opposing tight ends. They are the absolute worst, and it happens every week. So talk to me about A.J. Derby. Yeah, yeah,
1: listen, I'm not telling you to start him with confidence. I mean, if uh, the Giants, they, they do stink against tight ends, but these have been good tight ends. They've given up touchdowns to Zach Ertz, Jason Witten, Hunter Henry, and so forth. So these have been legitimate NFL tight ends. Not that A.J. Darby isn't, but I wouldn't put him on that level yet. So maybe that tight end streak comes to an end, that touchdown streak this week. But he's, he'll get a couple catches, but I think that streak might come to an end this week.
0: Four receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown against the Raiders two weeks ago. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't I, I don't think we're gonna see that that line again this week. I could be wrong, but I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> last game of the the week on the AFC Docket's it's the Monday nighter, it is the still Andrew Luckless Colts going into Tennessee. You know, I, this game, you know, is I think gonna be a little closer than people think, only because of how Jacoby Brissett has kept the, the Colts alive and afloat. Um, you know, please played well for them, but I started Jacoby Brissett last week against you at home. It worked out, got me a W. Can you
0: consider starting him again this week, but on the road in Tennessee? I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I have him outside of my top twelve, so that means I wouldn't start him. I think he's a great two QB league guy, but I wouldn't go there. Not against Houston's going to be, you know, be fired up. I mean, not against uh, they're going to need this win. Mariota could be back. I pass. Jacoby Reset or Jameis Winston? Yeah, Winston. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to see where your threshold was. Um, running backs, you traded for – well, actually, let me go back to the quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota. A, is he healthy? He looks like he's healthy and going to play. And can you throw him out there um, with full confidence and expect a typical Marcus Mariota game on Monday night?
0: When Mariota plays, he's always a start. He's come through injuries before. He's been questionable and he's really produced. He may not run as much, Scott, but yeah, he's a QB one for me, sure. Let's go running back
1: tandem. Tandem question. Frank Gore, Marlon Mack versus DeMarco Murray,
0: Derrick Henry. More fantasy points. You know, the Colts have actually had, a, as I said before, they've had a tough run defense here. So a DeMarco Murray is going to be the best of that group because he catches passes. I like Marlon Mack, but I still think the split with Gore is going to be 70-30. I don't think Gore's going anywhere. And if he does go somewhere, eh, I'll just pick up Mack. But I, Mac is not going to get enough right now. He's a little bit of an explosive feast or famine guy. Turbin getting the goal line touches is completely annoying, by the way. But if you made me pick between those two pairings, I'm going to take Murray and um, Henry because I think Murray is going to be the best of the group.
1: T. Y. Hilton had an explosive game at home last week. You know he has done what we said he does, and even without Andrew Luck, produces fantasy points on the road now in Tennessee. Where do you put T.Y. Hilton this week?
0: He's on the road. He's not in a dome. He's a wide receiver three for me.
1: Wide receiver three, okay. Yep. And on the on the on the Tennessee side, Rashard Matthews as he
0: finishes the number one with Mariota back. Sure, the best value among wide receivers, the Zach Ertz of wide receivers this year. Scott Rashard Matthews, hundred percent, yeah. Delaney Walker over Jack Doyle? Just because Jack Doyle's injured. I don't like Delaney Walker. I trade him away because there's too many people who are going to get the ball there. I don't think this is vintage Delaney Walker. He was rushing a touchdown in even when he was healthy. I don't think this is like guaranteed top five Delaney Walker anymore, but Jack Doyle stinks. So I'm going to go with Delaney Walker.
1: Is the Tennessee defense a defense you'd, con- you'd consider playing this week?
0: Sure. I think it's solid. I think it's at home. I think it's solid. I-, I think that they can cause problems with the Colts. I think they need this game very badly. And like you said, I don't see this being a high-scoring game. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a decent bye-week replacement defense. Sure.
1: All right. Quarter four. Hit it. All right, my back a quarter four like we do all the time when we're previewing. We're going to start with the Vegas picks, our picks uh, for this week, week six in the NFL. It is your turn to go first.
0: So, my friend, I'm going to kick it off to you to start us off with week six picks. Streaky life for Scott. So, we're going to go one one way or another. Either we're going to be well above 500 or we're going to go backwards like we did two weeks ago. Scott, the Jacksonville Jaguars went into Pittsburgh and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at home and did a fantastic job on defense. And now I'm supposed to be afraid that the LA Rams are coming cross country to go to Jacksonville and play at Jacksonville on Sunday? I don't think so. Meetings start five minutes early, and they certainly have no problem giving two and a half points. So my first game will be Tom Coughlin, Jalen Ramsey, and Leonard I carry the ball 30 times for net, only giving up a two and a half. So if they win by a field goal, I win. No offense, Mr. Goff, uh, but I'll take Jacksonville minus two and a half in my first game.
1: First game for me is – it's one of these big spreads. And normally when it comes to these big spreads, I take the favorite. I've been known to take the favorite and lay the points. But I I think this game is going to be close. I don't – I think 11 points is too much. San Francisco doesn't win. But Ah, they're in every every single game. Like I, I, I believe the Redskins will win this game at home. But the Niners are losing in overtime. They're losing on last-minute, you know, touchdowns in Seattle. They're losing. To Ca- the only game they've been beat bad was that opener against Carolina, and it was they got beat by four field goals and a couple of touchdowns. The Niners are getting eleven. It's on the road, but they keep it close. They play well. Give me San Francisco plus eleven. That's a lot, I think, for the Redskins to be given.
0: You didn't even mention the best reason—the Kyle Shanahan revenge game. Moving on, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a revenge game guy. Enough with the revenge game. You know. Scott, I'm going to go with my tried and true heart here, okay? Maybe my head is telling me the Packers are going to be really good. Interdivision games, favorite on the road. I will always take the points. I know it's Case Keenum, but uh, the Packers, they had a big win at Dallas. Now it's the second game on the road back-to-back. The Vikings always get fired up to play the Packers, and I am taking the points on at home with the vikings give me minnesota and three next for me i don't see them
1: losing four games in a row and they're at home they have Derek carr coming back they're laying two points to the chargers chargers got a nice win last week but albeit against a very banged up giant team on the road i think that's their win for the next couple of weeks the raiders i just if the raiders really believe that they are a Super Bowl contender, a legit AFC contender, they have to win this game at home. They cannot lose to the Chargers at home. They must win this game. They're laying two points. Give me Oakland minus two, and if Oakland doesn't cover this or doesn't win this game, there's some deeper issues to look at.
0: I can't believe I'm the one picking this game. Oh, man. The Kansas City Chiefs should have lost at home to Washington, and then they went and played a Houston Texan team that lost their entire defensive presence at the beginning of the game. I believe in Ben Roethlisberger. I believe in the Steelers. Killer. Killing me. I think the Steelers are going to win the game in Kansas City, and I will take the four and a half gladly just in case that kicker, what's his name, Buck bucker Butler, Butler? Yeah, uh, that, what, guy, that, that guy. That guy. That guy. In case he boots one through at the end, Scott, I can't believe we've come full circle. Le'Veon Bell, a fired up defense, Tomlin's playing Phil Collins in the locker room, and I get four and a half. It's still, I know, I can hear the Twitter people now, Scott, the explosive Kansas City offense, right?
1: Kareem Hunt's going for 200. I'll take the
0: Steelers (laughs) in four and a half gladly.
1: Well, I took San Francisco from you, so you go ahead and take Pittsburgh from me. So let me move on to my third pick. Gonna go back to the one o'clock Saint slate. I've been on their this opponent for a while. I've been on the Lions for a long time, but this week I'm getting off. I know you say team starts to slow off a bye. The Saints have only had one home game. Drew Brees lit it up. They put up a lot of points. They're laying four and a half to Detroit at home. Matthew Stafford is a little bit hobbled. I think the Saints at home are just a different team offensively. The Lion defense has improved. But I think the Saints at home, playing four and a half, will beat the Lions this week. So that is pick number three for me.
0: This is beautiful. We're going to go head to head. Teams that come off the bye start very slow. A few years ago, I remember getting frustrated and knocked out of a survival pool because the Saints had trouble with the Buccaneers coming off a bye, something like that. I like the Lions to bounce back. I think Stafford's fine. I think the defense is good. And I know that when the line is five, Scott in Vegas, it means they have no idea what's going to happen. The Saints are not the same same team. They're coming they they had they were hot and they scored some points, but now they cooled off. Here come the Lions. I think it's sort of a high scoring game. It's got an over under line of fifty. That's the biggest for the entire week. And in an over and under game of fifty, you're going to give me five points. I like it. We'll go ahead to head and make this fun. I'll take the Lions and the five last game for me is I really wanted to pick the other side of this game I
1: wanted to come up with some you know some heroic narrative that they keep it close and they can stay within it despite all the adversity but I just can't do it so I'm gonna take the Broncos like 11 and a half Sunday night against the Giants and in a, in a game I'm sure NBC is cringing that they have to televise to the nation the Giants I just don't know how they're gonna be able to put up more than 14 points in this game. And I think the Broncos, between the defensive turnover, they will get an interception. They'll probably run one back at the pick six. They'll get a couple other turnovers. I can see the Broncos winning this game, you know, 27-14, 30-14, something along that lines. So the Broncos are laying 11.5. It's a big line, but I just don't know how the Giants can stay close without any legit wide receivers and a quarterback that, is going to be moving around all night because the pressure is going to be coming, and he's prone to making mistakes. So I'll take the Broncos minus 11.5.
0: Sounds good. Uh, give me a little DFS for the people. What do you got? All right, so DFS. Listen, the chalk play
1: is going to be Deshaun Watson, so I'm going to try to avoid the chalk play. From a quarterback standpoint, I like Drew Brees this week. Again, it goes against your narrative of teams starting off slow, but I like Brees at home. His salary is a little over 7000 I believe it's 7100 which is not – enormous for a guy who could put up 300 yards and two to three touchdowns and i don't think he's going to be massively owned i don't think you're looking at him being you know in deshaun watson's category this week where watson will be high owned so i like drew breeds this week as a quarterback uh running backs i actually like duke johnson I liked him last week i like him again this week i think he gets involved his salary is right he gives you some value and some 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 volume at the running back position for a cheap play And if you want to go expensive, I'm going to tell you to go Le'Veon Bell. Uh, You pay the price. He's going to get 30 touches between running and passing, and he's going to be able to move against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm with you in this game. You beat me to it. I would have taken the Steelers with the points as well. Le'Veon Bell, if you want to pay the money for him, go out and get him. From a wide receiver standpoint, I like Adam Thielen this week. I think Adam Thielen offers some value at the wide receiver position. And I also like Terrell Pryor at his price to come back and put up a nice line, give you six or seven catches near 100 yards and get a touchdown as well. I talked to you about my tight ends already. Both of them, David Njoku and Austin Safarian Jenkins are my tight ends. And on the defensive side, you know, I like the Atlanta Falcons because J.A. has had trouble running. Falcons coming off the bye. I think the defense will be ready. And Jay Cutler is Jay Cutler, which we've already discussed too much on this episode already and throughout this entire podcast history. So I like the Falcons offer a nice value, I believe, at 2,900 in DraftKings for your GPP
0: plays. Sounds good. Folks, listen, if you like what you hear, we're giving it to you twice a week here. We got uh, picks and we got DFS from Scott and my rankings from Fantasy Pros all on RandallRant.com. You can follow me at RandallRant. You can follow Scott on Twitter at SCOT557. And, of course, please tweet us, come back at us, send us thoughts, DM, whatever you want, at Put Blitz on Twitter. Where else can they find us, Scott?
1: Find us on Facebook at Put Blitz as well. You know, again, Sunday mornings, we're there to answer your questions. Follow along with us on a Melvin Gordon, Jordan Howard debate. Melvin Gordon's got Mike in the lead pretty comfortably after that big week last week. If you're on the Jordan Howard bandwagon with me, we need a nice bounce back game this week in Baltimore. We need 100 yards. We need a touchdown. We need to get back on the board there. So let's follow along with that. Uh, quick update for you on the Thursday night game. Looking at 28-22 in favor of the Eagles. Zach Ertz has two touchdowns. Mac Collins has a touchdown. Cam Newton's run one in. Christian McCaffrey just caught one. So that's where we're at with about seven minutes ago. go. Very entertaining Thursday night game between two teams that are 4-1. And, and for you Carolina Panther fans, I'll take it back. Your team's not phony. They're playing pretty well.
0: All of this, and we haven't even gotten to the Kyle Shanahan revenge game, Scott. going to be an exciting week six. Or the fact that Ezekiel is suspended for six
1: games, by the way. Boom. <laughs> we'll talk to you.